Very briefly this evening, we're going to look together at a kind of non-traditional text for a Christmas Eve service, Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. It's printed for you on page 7 of your order of worship there. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Let's pray together. Now, gracious God and Heavenly Father, it is with joy we come before you this evening. This holy night, Lord, when we commemorate and remember the coming of your Son. The coming of your Son, Lord, as this text reminds us. Born of a woman, born under the law to redeem, to rescue us from the curse of that law. So, Father, as we come before your word this evening, we pray that you would once again show us the beauty of the freedom you offer us in Christ. And would you give us the strength and the ability to grasp that freedom yet again. We pray this, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So I want to ask a very simple question. What's Christmas all about? It's kind of one of those questions that it's like, it's pretty easy. I see some hands going up already. So this is not question and answer time. Sometimes on Sunday mornings it is, boys and girls. Not this time. Not this time. But you know, in all the hustle and all the bustle of everything happening this time of year, it's a surprisingly busy time of year, isn't it? And you can kind of forget what it's all about. Because sometimes it's about making sure we have the right experience as a family. Making sure everything is perfect because everybody's in town finally. But it's about something deeper and we know that. And this text is the answer to remind us that in the fullness of time, that actually it says when the time was ripe, just think about that when the time is ripe. I mean, you know this already because you taste the fruit. You know when you go to the supermarket and you get the fruit that's there? You know they had to pick it so long ago, so unripe, so it wouldn't spoil as it gets to you. You very rarely get a really good ripe fruit. But when you, when you can actually go to the orchard maybe, or you can actually go to the strawberry patch, and you can right there in front of you, you can just grab one of those soft blood red strawberries, it'll change your life. You know, right? You know. And and that's the picture, the image here when the time was ripe, just like that. When human history was ready, instead of tasting fruit, God became one of us. The Trinity entered history. But why? Well, it tells us right here, to redeem those under the law. To redeem. It means to rescue at a cost. It means God came to us, that God came to rescue us because we could not claw our way up to Him. Well, let's ask a very honest question of each other. Do you feel like you need to be rescued? I mean, honestly. The answer for many of us is is no. I mean, outside of this whole COVID thing that we try to ignore, things are going pretty good. But see, that little phrase, under the law, is a gracious check on our hearts. When we want to be utterly selfish, when we want to be mean-spirited, when we want to be cruel, and sometimes we actually are, then we feel guilty. 
We rein in our vindictive thoughts. We don't actually run that person over next to us in traffic, although they deserve it. Because we would feel remorse, right? And, and that's God's law at work. Even if you don't know it, God's law, according to the Bible, it says it's written on our very hearts. It's embedded into our very nature, and it keeps us from being as evil as deep down we all know we could be. That law, those instructions is actually a better way to think about it. Those instructions cannot save us. They can only bind us. And so Jesus came to rescue us from those instructions. For some of us, instead of guilt, maybe that's just not your thing, maybe it's more like you kind of walk around with a general sadness. You just can't explain. Think about your favorite song. Maybe a really good story. Your grandkids doing something so incredibly adorable. And suddenly you just feel this like deep connection to something bigger, some, something more significant, something more beautiful, but you can't quite grasp it. Christmas is one of those times when we just feel that a lot. We feel nicer. People actually are nicer. And it's more than social pressure. It's actually from within ourselves, this time of year seems to bring out a better person. What's that about? I mean, let me give you an example. We haven't seen many of you since Easter. Hi. We had a great summer. We had lots of stuff happen. We'd love to tell you about it. You know, but seriously, why do people come to church on a Christmas Eve? Well, the person whose house I'm staying at makes me, right? But is it something else, maybe? Like, is it maybe that this time of year, something comes alive inside of us that we're telling us that you're meant for something more, something more fulfilling, a less shallow life. And then it's gone. See, that's the cry of recognizing you need redemption. You know, the Bible teaches us in this and many other passages that we are alienated from our Creator, that we are out of sorts with our Creator. We have lost touch with our cosmic Father, if you want to call Him that. But every once in a while, usually when we encounter true beauty, our true identity as daughters and sons of God comes out. It calls to us, kind of whispering, you can be more, you can be better. You were meant for something more substantial more significant. You can be noble, true, good. That's a yearning to be rescued. And this text says that Jesus came to rescue us, that we might be adopted back into the very family of God himself. And that's why I bring all this up at Christmas Eve. Because our need of rescue, our need of adoption, means that the birth of Jesus Christ must be linked to his death. Jesus Christ was born to die. That's right, pastor's ruining Christmas again. <laughs> See, Jesus did not come to be a great teacher. He never claimed that. In fact, when someone called him a great teacher, he goes, why do you call me good? That's not what he was here for. He did not come to be a profound moral leader. He came to live the life that each and every one of us should live before a holy God. And then he came to die the death that each and every one of us deserves to die before a just God. This holy, just God who has written his very instructions on creation itself and on our hearts. We know it's there and Jesus came to set us free from it. 
We feel it. We know we fall short, and that's why we feel so guilty so often. This law presses down on us. It it, it leads us to trying to do something, anything, to earn freedom, to get rid of that feeling. We start to live our lives under the pressure of performing, and it leads to songs like, He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been good or bad, so be good for goodness sake. And you chuckle, but performance, keeping up an appearance, it becomes what we organize our life around, doesn't it? And if you're a religious-minded person, it kind of looks like the, you know, the, the kind of person who wants to be here on a Christmas Eve isn't made to be here on a Christmas Eve. What we try to do is we often try like, to be really good, to be really moral, to be really religious, to be very ceremonially faithful. We try to manipulate God into being really good so that feeling of guilt will go away, but it's still a prison. See, Jesus was made under the law. He entered into the prison itself where his people were captive. He felt the chains. He suffered under the oppression of that law so he could destroy that law and set his people free. Jesus' performance, not our performance, sets us free. And here's why that's so great. Because our Creator knows that we don't just need information for our minds. We need to feel it in our hearts. And so God's rescue plan is not only to set us free through His Son, Jesus, but it's actually to have us feel free. He wants us to viscerally taste this redemption and this freedom so we can flourish in His grace. He gets to that in verse 6. Verse 6 says what? Because you are sons, it's the word for children, it can mean daughters as well. Because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. Okay, so real quick, let me get technical. The book of Galatians is written to this region called Galatia, and it was, they were Greek speakers. But this little phrase, Abba, Father, is actually an ancient language called Aramaic. And it's the language that Jesus himself spoke. And why the Apostle Paul changes from their native language and inserts a foreign phrase here is because that's what Jesus spoke. In Mark's Gospel, a different part of the New Testament, the night before he was to go to the cross, when our very human Lord Jesus is taking his fear and his trepidation to his heavenly Father, he actually opens up his prayer in Aramaic by saying, Abba, Father, let this pass from me. Paul quotes Jesus here because that's how Jesus spoke to his dad. And the whole point of verse 6 is that in Jesus, you can speak to God that way too. In a different city, in a different ministry over a decade ago, I had a fellow minister friend who had adopted a couple foster children. And he said the day it became official and legal and they came home with the papers in hand, he went to do some work in his home study. And one of his sons just kept coming to the door and knocking on the door going, hey, dad. And he'd go, yeah, what's up? And the kid would just run away. Okay. He did it like three or four times, and finally he stopped and goes, what's up, son? What are you doing? He goes, I I just love saying the word dad and having someone answer. Right? And that's what the coming of Jesus makes available to us. It's what Paul wants us to feel in verse 6. You can reach out and go, dad, help. And there's actually someone there to answer. Because Jesus has come to set us free from the prison and to make us family. In a very real way, he comes, rips the chains off, grabs your hand and says, guess what? My dad's going to be your dad too. Let's go. 
It's a beautiful picture. And it's never because you're really good. It's never because you're really religious. It's never because, wow, the way you sung that hymn, mm, you nailed that note, you're mine. Let's go. It's never because of that. Thank God, because I can't sing. Amen. It's because our Father loves us. And so he gave us Jesus. That's the gift we celebrate at Christmas. See, Jesus is not Santa Claus. You don't have to perform for him in order to stay out of the naughty column. In fact, the Bible's very clear. Um, we're all already on the bad list. And, and Jesus takes the bad list and rips it up with his blood to get us off of it. He opens up a way for complete acceptance with our creator and he offers it to you for free. For those of you who've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone, you can call God dad. It feels weird, I know. It doesn't feel quite serious enough. Try it. And you can actually feel him respond. Precious daughter, dear son. And don't you want that? This Christmas, hear it again, or maybe for the first time, Christianity is not about a manger, a stable, and straw. It's about thorns and nails, crosses and blood. Because Jesus Christ was born to die for the sins of his people. And he was raised to set you free from the prison you are in to give you complete acceptance with God the Father. And it's yours for the taking. Simply place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This Christmas, believe the gospel. Let's pray together. A gracious God and heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how simple it is, Lord, that Jesus Christ was born of a woman, fully human, under the law in our prison to set us free from the curse of that law. Lord, would you show us the truth of that even in this moment? Would you be true to your promise, Lord? You've said that as Jesus Christ is lifted up, he will draw all people to himself. And so we hold you to that. Even in these moments, Lord, would you draw people to confess faith in Jesus Christ as Lord? Would you build your kingdom here even now? And Father, we do thank you from the depths of our hearts, those of us who know you, that you set us free. That when the trials come, when the heartache comes, we can knock on the door and say, Dad, and there's someone there to answer. Thank you. We're grateful for your grace. And we rejoice in your grace in Jesus' name. Amen.